0: On this week's behind the idea, we're discussing Trupanion, the pet insurer we covered two weeks ago. We're talking about it with the Crickant, a seeking alpha author who focuses on insurance. He has written skeptically about the company within the context of the broader insurance industry. We discuss why calling Trupanion insurer matters, what ratios we should be watching, and what the competitive landscape and the European market as an example mean for Trupanion and its future. We're skipping the preview clips and we'll jump right in after a couple quick notes. First, I just want to let you know we had some recording difficulties, so the sound isn't perfect. It's pretty good, but at a couple points, the Crick Ant volume is quite low. It's also the reason that Mike wasn't able to stay on the podcast. We were having too much trouble recording a three-way conversation. Secondly, as he discloses during the discussion with something we didn't get to in the intro itself, the Crick Ant is long PGR, progressive. Okay, let's get into it. Welcome to Behind the Idea. I'm Daniel Schwartzman. We're following up on Trupanion, the pet insurance company that we covered a couple of weeks ago on Behind the Idea. We're speaking with Seeking Alpha author The Crickant, an author who focuses on the insurance sector to better understand the company from that perspective, as well as whether it fits in that category and related topics. Before we begin, Behind the Idea is the podcast that looks at what makes great investment analysis work based on ideas from the Seeking Alpha ecosystem. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice, and nobody on this podcast has any positions in Trupanion. So with that said, the Crickant, Ant, welcome on to Behind the Idea.
1: Thanks for inviting me. Uh, so uh, I'm very happy to discuss with you on, uh, on Troupanian and uh, on the thesis I have regarding this stock.
0: Great. So let's... Let's just start with, wh- I want to read a quote from one of your articles and then get into one, to one of the f- things that we talked about last time around, which in one of the articles, I think from late last year, you wrote, nonetheless, investors should not consider Trupanion as a service provider, which has developed applications to ease the life of veterinarians and the pet owners. Trupanion is and remains an insurer, which is focused on a niche market, the pet insurance market. So I guess the first question, why does it matter so much that we view Trupanion as an insurance company? What What about putting it in the insurance company informs investors as they consider the stock?
1: First, because the valuation that you, you will make rega- regarding this stock will be completely different if you consider Trupanion as a tech firm or an insurance company. Usually for the insurance company, what you, you use for valuing uh, insurers is the book value and uh, for Troopanian, um I would say the, the price is the price to book value and, you, and at the current moment for Troopanian, the price to book for, for, for the insurer is seven times seven times the book value, which is uh, very high for an insurer. And the other thing that you have to, to, to keep in mind is the fact that for the insurer you have some specific ratios that you can use to to see if the company is profitable or not and if it's highly profitable high, highly profitable or not so i guess it's very important to 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 rem- remember the people who follow Trupanian or who have invested in troupenion that first it's uh, an insurance company yes they have developed application to to ease people life but they have, they have to meet some requirements re- related to the capital position and they could not be uh, valued as a tech or a SAS uh, company, but rather as a usual and old fashioned insurance company.
0: So if we put it in the insurance company category, there's a lot of different types of insurance, Where whether it's life insurance, whether it's something shorter term, whether it's health insurance, which is an every year sort of thing in the U.S. at least. How do you, where would you put pet insurance as a category? What's it resemble or what are other insurance sectors that we could consider to understand the company and the industry as a whole better?
1: I guess it could be compared to health insurance. In my opinion, pet insurance is similar to, to health insurance. And instead of insurance, insuring human beings, you pet insurers cover pets. So for me, it's, it's it's quite similar. So it's the same product. The only thing we, we change is the fact that, uh, as I mentioned before, it's, it's not a human beings which are protected, but pets. But for the rest, for me, it's quite the same.
0: So I think one thing that that sort of opens up is when you think about health insurance, obviously in different countries, it's approached differently, but it's it's a highly regulated sector in a way that obviously regulation, we'll talk about regulation a little bit with pet insurance, but it would seem like the comparison would to some degree be favorable for pet insurance in the sense that it's more discretionary which maybe that means you can't you don't have as steady a demand but it allows you to grow and you have f- more freedom from regulatory issues to deal with does that make sense or am i thinking about it the wrong way
1: yeah at the beginning it was it was right so pet insurance was not under the loop of uh, Insurance regulator because it was quite new, or at least it was growing, and uh, yeah, there was no 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 issue related to 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 the pet insurance products. But now, as the market is growing, and now you have some 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 also some complaints about some pet owners related to to some policies which have been sold by Truphone or other competitors. Now the regulator, so the American regulator, is. Uh, Wants to, 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 to have a deep look in, into this uh, into this product and also how how the pet insurers are capitalised or not to be sure that policyholders are protected because at the end, Choupayon will be able to pay uh, or to reimburse the bills which have which have been sent by the by the, by the pet owners to Choupayon.
0: So that's that's interesting about the capital ratio. So
1: it, they have
0: to keep in reserve. I think we have this stereotype thinking about the Warren Buffett model of insurance and the idea that you're, you have to keep a lot in reserve, but you can also build up a float and then reinvest it. And so the insurance business in some degree is you get a lot of money up front. There's some uncertainty about what you have to pay out in the future, but you might be able to earn money on that insurance in the near term. So what you're saying is that there's also, that's also part of the requirement is that they're going to have to maintain capital, which may restrict them from, for example, growing as fast as they'd like, or like that's where the distinction between SaaS and insurance company actually
1: matters to their business. Is that right? yes 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 in fact insurance industry in europe and in the us is a is a very is a highly regulated sector and to protect to protect policyholders regulator in the us but also in europe have set up some rules related to uh insurance capital position so insurers are obliged to, to meet capital requirement to continue writing policies so if they don't if they don't have enough capital to meet Regulatory requirements; they will have some 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 issue with, uh, with with their local regulators. So so it's a mandatory it's a mandatory plan to to have some 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 capital some uh, available capital to meet policy order commitments. So the
0: the combined ratio you wrote in one of your articles is declining but still above hundred percent for I think this was as of Q4 2018. And what I want to ask is just, could you first remind listeners of what the key ratios are that we should be watching for in the insurance sector? But then also is there the trend, this is a very tech company way of thinking about this, but the trend is positive, right? It is going, it's very close to a hundred percent, which means they're about to cross into some form of profitability. Is there any reason to think that as they continue to scale, they could, Start to gain more efficiency and, and start to become meaningfully more profitable or how do you, what is the, the curve of profitability for them?
2: Yeah, so first maybe we can, uh, I can answer directly to your first question. So, so regarding the key ratio that, uh, what you need to, to, to look at for an insurance company. So first you need to distinguish life curve and non life curve. So usually health insurers are considered under non-life insurance and the common metric is the, uh, the underwriting margin, which could be translated into the combined ratio, and the combined ratio is the sum of the loss ratio and the expense ratio. For the health insurer, the loss ratio is usually called benefit ratio, but it's, it's the same in fact. So Now, what is behind the loss or benefit ratio for an health insurer? If the percentage of the premium paid out in claims, in a nutshell, claims are medical bills paid by the policy orders. So for the opinion or other pet interest, then, uh, the debt bill minus the deductible. And the deductible is the portion of the bill uh, you are responsible for because the insurance provides staff. And the second part of the combined ratio is the expense ratio new customers, insurers, like any other firm, need to spend money on advertising, marketing, and have also other expenses like administrative costs. And in addition, insurers sell policies through different distribution channels. First, insurers might sell policies directly, so they have their direct sales force. Second, insurers might sell policies through brokers, which usually help individuals or companies to find the best insurance coverage at the best price. And lastly, you have tied agents who work specifically for and with some insurance companies. So brokers and agents receive commissions uh, for each policy they each policy sell, and these brokerage fees are considered under the expense ratio. So in a nutshell, you consider all the costs except the paid claims and you divide the total amount by the earned premium to get, to get the expense ratio. And the lower the expense ratio is, the better it is. Why? Because let's imagine that you have made a mistake on the pricing part. So you have a policies policy that you have started to sell. So normally your loss will increase mechanically and it will take some time for you to adjust the tariffs. But if your expense ratio is low compared to your peers or to the industry average, you might be able to offset the increase uh, in the loss trend partially. So in my opinion, an expense ratio, a low expense ratio is usually a good indicator of a well-managed insurance company. And I will give you an example, for example, which is completely out of the pet insurance sector, but. Which is related to the motor insurance sector. So I will give you one example, which is a progressive corporation, which is the third largest motor insurance. And I have some, some position, full disclosure. I have some, some long position on progressive. And so motor insurance is very, very competitive. And usually you have an expense ratio between 20 and 25 percent, 25 and 30% 30% because you, are, you have paid the agents and you have a lot of costs, and progressives succeed to have a very low, exp- low expense ratio at 20%, which is very, 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 very good and very impressive. So now, going back to combined ratio, if your combined ratio is below 100%, it means that your insurance pos- portfolio is profitable. The lower it is the higher the underwriting margin is. And in Tupanian case, the company aims to achieve an underwriting margin of 15% with a loss ratio of 70%. So the expense ratio should be equal to 15% over the cycle. And over the years, the company focuses on reducing as much as possible and as fast as possible the expense ratio. And fortunately, thanks to the premium growth, the expense ratio dropped significantly from 45% in 2014 to 29.4 in 2018. So I have to admit, it remained quite impressive, exp- impressive that the company succeeded in reducing by more than 50 points the expense ratio. However, for Trupanian for the loss ratio worsened from sixty nine to seventy point nine. So that's why in twenty eighteen Trupanian was still unprofitable with a combined ratio, or I call it a so called combined ratio, of one hundred point three persons. So for each one hundred dollars they have started to earn, unfortunately they lose zero point three dollars and uh, as an underwriting loss. In my opinion for 2019 if we if we have to do some forecast I guess the company should be should be profitable and should record a combined ratio in the range of 95 under the really best case scenario and 99. So in my opinion we are still far away from the final target set up by payment management which we should be 15% of underwriting margin which would be translated into a combined ratio of 85%.
0: Where So when you look at their sort of projection of getting to that 85% combined ratio, the where do they... It sounds like you could do one of two things. You could write better policies in terms of pricing, and thus you capture more of the benefit, and the benefit ratio or the loss ratio isn't so high, or you could get more efficient at sales. Where Where are they where do you ignore what they say where do you see the potential for them to where would they be able to gain to improve the ratio like what what would a typical company in this position do to improve their combined ratio how would they how would they manage to continue to bend that curve down towards profitability
2: a typical insurance company will try to increase the tariffs so that um, they might be able to to lower the loss ratio as much as possible, even if uh, they know that they will lose some clients because they will find they will find some cheapest insurance coverage. And in my opinion, to gain pay, uh, market share by lowering as much as possible the price they offer to the policyholders. So they, they had some attract, attractive prices, and so that they, they, they were able to, 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 to gain new pets and new policyholders. But the problem is, if you do that, at the end you, you, you will be hurt on the long term view because normally the claims will be there and we, wait, we will wait for you and you will be, you will be hit by the lost trend. So unless opinion decided to decides to increase the price in the next years, they will still have a problems related to the pricing part. And, and and just another thing is, as health insurance is a very short paid business. Normally, after one year, you know what happens. So you have no more claims, which which is attached to. 2018 or 2019, for example. So, so the situation is very clear, and you you have no unfavorable, or or favorable prior year claims developments. So you have received you have received the bills that you have to pay to your policyholders. You have received the unpremium period, and you know you are underwriting profit.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's something that. You know, that's something that comes up as sort of the shorter tail issues here. You're not gonna suddenly get a claim or an issue with a pet from a policy written three years ago. But when you so I'm I'm trying to pull back and think about this for a second. So the we're basically I think we're getting back towards the issue of this how a company views itself or how other investors view the company a lot of people like Trupanion because it's growing fast, but if it's growing fast because it's pricing uh, its policies at a lower price so that it can take more market share, then for this to work, you basically have to – what you're arguing is that you basically have to get into a price hike cycle from there once you once you sort of develop strong market share if you're good at all the other things in terms of the software in terms of the care you provide and sort of the higher quality that Trupanion wants to offer etc that's where you then lock in the customer and then if the price increases at some sort of you know, let's say a 5% rate every year. I I don't know what they're actually doing, but that would seem to be where they start to unlock value. Is that the, but because they're pursuing growth, it makes it harder for them to get to profitability. And so it's one of those trade-offs. Is that, is that right? Is that, am I understanding how you're, what you would project as their potential for growth? It's coming through that pricing mechanism?
2: Yes, yes, yes. And I I guess they they would start, uh, they will continue writing more and more policies by unrolling new pets. And, but if they don't solve their issue related to 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 to, to, to the tariffs the the policy the, the policy tariffs they will they, they will still struggle with a, with a, with an increase in, in the loss trends, Because the, the more the more the more pets you unroll, the more claims, normally, you, you you will pay you will pay mechanically. The current thesis of, of the of the of, of the CEO who is the founder of Tupanian is the following: is please give me some time. I'm building a massive moat in an underpenetrated market, and and to do that, to reach the critical mass, I have to 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 have some 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 lower price than my competitors. But when I, I will be a market leader, I will increase my, I will increase my price. And the problem is opinion face to other big competitors and uh, they are not for the moment in market leaders, even if they have gained some, some part of the, some point of market share.
0: Okay, right. So maybe let's get into the competitors a little bit. We Nationwide was something that came up a lot in the comment responses to our first podcast and the transcript and sort of why didn't we mention Nationwide? Nationwide is the leader in the US and I wonder given and I think in I think it was in one of your articles where you mentioned that the top 3 players have 73% of the market or something like that. So what do you make about the competitive mm-hmm. dynamic and nationwide, as sort of the leader versus Trupanion. what do you make of that? What, what, what's the what should? How how much does that matter to this Trupanion growth story?
2: In my opinion, uh, as you mentioned, you you have uh, pet insurance is a it's a very concentrated market because uh, as you said, um, the top four companies uh, are estimated to account for ninety two. 90 to something percent of total industry revenue in 2018. And, uh, and, and the market is dominated by Nationwide, uh, which has a current market share of above 40 percent. Um, but despite rising competition from, from new companies like Troupanian, Nationwide has continued to grow its market share. So the problem of, of, of Troupanian is Troupanian's Continues growing, but competitors do, do as well. So, in fact, every competitor that you can succeed to capture the, 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 um, the growing demand of, of pet insurance. So, my opinion, National One will, will remain the, the market leader of pet insurance, at least for, for the next five years. And, uh, and, and, opinion, even if, uh, the company succeeds to, to, um, to grow its market share, we, 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 we will not be the market leader and will not be able to, to increase, uh, its prices, to increase its, its profitability.
0: So, in other words, you, you you're not, the, the, you're basically viewing Trupanion as a competitor on price and that's essentially what is making them more attractive to pet owners is the fact that they have the pricing, but that the pricing puts a limit on it, we as we discussed, the pricing makes it hard for them to grow their profitability and they're sort of stuck in this place where their growth is fueled by competitive pricing rather than by other other things. is that is that fair?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. So another thing that was a big, you know, a common facet of the bull thesis is that Europe has much higher pet insurance rates than the U.S. Um, The common number is that 1% to 2% of the U.S. pet insurance market is penetrated, whereas in Europe numbers western europe numbers range from five to even forty percent what you you live in europe what's your what should what do you make of this comparison what should investors who especially us-based investors who may not be seeing this picture what should they know what should they uh consider keep in mind as they look at that data point Uh, first i guess
2: they they should keep in mind that uh European countries are not like, the, like like in the US, and uh, pet insurance uh, in, in European markets uh, are much more mature, especially in uh, in the Nordic country and in the UK, because uh, for these both uh, countries, so in Sweden, for example, the respective penetration rate is forty percent, and in UK it's twenty five. So why, if you should compare with North America, the penetration rate is only about one or two percent. I guess that the reason why Europeans are much more, in, uh, insure much more of their pets is related to, 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 to the, to first, to the love of their pets and second of the price of the, of the price of the bills. So as the expense, the medical expense has, has increased, in the uh, in the in the prior years, uh, they intend to 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 buy some policies to be able to, to to have some reimbursement from their police, from their insurance company. So, for example, if I give you an example in Sweden, uh, the medical treatments and vet bills uh, are very costly. And the second another point is. Uh, Swedish insurers started to provide pet insurance coverage, uh, from the 19th century. So it's a, not a new product. It's a very old product. Um, and, uh, and Sweden are, are, already aware of this, uh, of this product and are very advanced compared to e- either to, to other European country, but also to, 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 to the U.S. I guess another question. To, to compare with, uh, uh, that we, we can ask to, to compare with Tupanian is our pet insurers are profitable in Europe.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, the impact is, is definitely yes. So it's not impossible to be profitable and, and, and uh, if, if, uh, they succeed to, to, to do what other insurers have done in Europe could be profitable. Yes. It's uh, definitely, it's a yes.
0: Are there, out of curiosity, are there any publicly traded pet insurance companies in Europe? Is that something that, uh, for more enterprising investors in the U.S., they
2: could look at? Um, in all countries, no. You have, a, you have a, uh, one of the most successful pet insurers is called Agria forty three, which deliver an average combined ratio of ninety percent over the year. Okay. a yearly turnover growth of around eight to ten percent. And the company has expanded the board by conquering even new markets in Europe, or even in France. And you have a second uh, ins- uh, insurance, pet insurance company, which is the third plan UK, which is a subsidiary of a European insurance giant, which is listed, which is Allianz.
0: Okay. Interesting. So it's at least helpful to get a sense of what mature markets might look like, what a mature pet insurance industry might look like.
2: And by the way, if, if, I, if, I, if I might add something, uh, another competitor of the is pet plan Pet Insurance, Okay. which has a 70% of market share. It's not a listed company, but... Uh, uh they partner with Allianz to access uh, more 30 years of actuarial data. So, in fact, Allianz, so the German insur- insurance company, uh, has a footprint in the in the U.S. through uh, pet, plant pet insurance uh, because they have a partnership this, uh, with this company. Okay, so... And unfortunately, you, you, there is no... Sorry, I you know, there is no pure market player like to in New York
0: right okay interesting
2: okay so maybe just to sort
0: of point this towards I I think you know this has been very helpful in terms of getting a sense of what else is out there sort of addressing the the European aspect the competitive aspect the the specific dynamic that you're seeing where trepanion is dependent on revenue growth but how that affects their profitability and so on. I guess maybe as sort of a last question: What do you what do you make What do you think is holding up the stock? Why? Why? Because I, I think you know I think obviously this is actually a surprisingly vehement battleground. There's a lot we we've I think you've quoted. There's the capitalist on Seeking Alpha who writes a lot about the regulatory issues, and there's a lot of but there is you know it's a lot of back and forth on this stock we i we invited uh somebody to come on and speak on the bullish side who didn't want to come on because of how heated the discussion is and so i guess what do you think is holding up the stock why do you think from your perspective given the story is out there why wouldn't what do you think people who own shares disagree with you about or what do you think people who own shares are seeing as the bullish Angle and you know and what what obviously then we're getting a little speculative but what would change that situation?
2: For me, it's the premium growth definitely because um opinion has a should record for, for for many quarters now a double digit growth. So um, the fact is the the market is largely under under penetrated penetrated, and uh, to succeed. Um, in uh, in in growing fastly, so I I I can't deny that. So for me, the long the the, the, the bulls are confident and uh, to payants ability to continue growing fastly and to to to, to build a moat uh, when the when the companies uh, succeed to reach uh, the necessary uh, scale uh to 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 be to be to be profitable and the second point is in my opinion and uh, is uh, related to the ceo and his talents in my opinion he's quite talented at creating a well-designed storytelling campaign on his company because i have the impression that investors expect opinion to become the new the new Amazon of 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 the pet insurance, so it will become a game changer in the insurance industry, and um, and definitely, Trupanion stocks uh is a growth stock. The problem is, for the moment, it's Trupanion uh, is still unprofitable, so it's 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 a loss-making money. But in my opinion, a, a counter argument. Uh, Of my thesis will be yes, but look at look at look at the growth, and and you see that uh, every quarter they succeed to 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 record a double-digit growth, and if you are if you are patient, if you wait for one or two or three years, you will see that the margins will increase, and we can see uh, then from starting from from two thousand fourteen. Even if the margins are negative because the combined ratio is above 100%, uh, margins are improving. So maybe two payments management will succeed to to reach their long-term targets. But honestly, uh, I will be more prudent than uh, Troopanian's CEO and uh, two payments stockholders
0: yeah I mean I think that's it's worth and I, we've talked about this on other episodes but the story ultimately does matter even if even if the numbers are what will play out over time the story matters and that is I mean that is a skill from a CEO even if it, it leads to distortions in terms of valuation or whatever that is something um, that you know you have to be able to as an investor, be critical of any management team and to be able to understand them closely. But, but yeah, that's that's a. Uh, I mean, it's clear that it th- this this because that's what's it's interesting with these stories when the short case is out there and people know it, and yet the stock continues to do reasonably well, and nothing seems to jostle it or to knock it off its off its trajectory, and so be interesting to see how it plays out especially as this sort of whether it's growth slowing or whether the profitability doesn't come in as strong or whether it does and it proves us or proves your case wrong be interesting to watch
2: yeah and and i guess if it's if, if a premium growth slowdowns over the next quarter it it could be become problematic for for opinion because i guess the the bull thesis is completely based on, on on the premium growth and growth so if the premium slows slowdowns, in my opinion, the all the effort made by Trupanion will be will be impacted adversely.
0: Right. Okay. So that's so we'll watch for that. But Okay, Crickant, thank you for joining us. This is really good to have your perspective on, on Trupanion and to hear how it fits into the broader insurance ecosystem and thanks for coming
2: on. Thanks a lot for inviting me and uh, thanks a lot for the discussion.
0: Absolutely. Great. Thanks for listening to Behind the Idea. We're revisiting another podcast next week as we'll be talking with a Seeking Alpha author about Kinder Morgan. So stay tuned for that. If you enjoyed this, or if you didn't, leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts to help other investors find this podcast. This has been a Seeking Alpha production. Thanks for listening. See you next week on Behind the Idea.